بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ پیس اینڈ بلیسنگز آف اللہ بی اپون یو او ویلکم ٹو انادر ایڈیشن انادر ایپیسوڈ آف دی ڈرائیو ٹائم شو ہے آن دا وائس آف اسلام ریڈیو ٹوڈے از وینزڈے دی ٹوینٹی فورتھ آف اوگسٹ ٹوینٹی ٹوینٹی ٹو ودھ یور یوزو وینزڈے آفٹر نون And also Dr. Tariq Wajwa here with us as well as usual. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. How are you doing this afternoon? Wa alaikum assalam. Peace be on you and all our listeners. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm uh, very well. And uh, I think so far, uh, at least the heat has gone down. Mm. Um, a very pleasant uh, mm. Uh, weather today uh, today is a really really nice really nice weather in the yeah. morning it was a little bit uh, a little bit uh, chilly just a little bit um, but now um, yeah, you know, it's, it's reminding it's us that we are we are going into <laughs> uh, soon will be <laughs> because no, the time is changing very time, rapidly yeah, and and that true. is uh, reminding you that yeah we are, we'll soon be in, into winter yeah so uh, so make hay while the sun shines yeah no, i mean yeah <laughs> definitely definitely you should enjoy the, especially <laughs> when there's few days left for for the children who are in school yeah. and they're, they're still in the summer holidays and so you know in a, in a few in a few days time yeah uh, they will go be going back yeah. to school uh, as yeah. well back to their routines as well Um, at least so, yeah. the roads are not that busy at the moment because yeah. of the holidays <laughs> that's true so, yeah. that's true um two main topics that we're going to be speaking about uh, on our drive time show today uh firstly we are going to be speaking about uh, one of the one of the pillars uh, of islam which is zakat uh, which is uh, islamic alms giving um it's an interesting topic uh, a very basic topic uh, very core as i mentioned it is one of the five pillars of islam so it's uh, one of the core teachings of islam as well so that's something that we're going to be speaking about in the first on uh, the first hour in the second hour we're going to be speaking about uh, a, a, another topic which is related to religion um but more more of a broader scope for that one as well we're going to be speaking about divine books um and uh, you know sort of the message which uh, which these divine books actually actually give out to their followers as well belief in the same message sometimes we see or you know we we see this often that there these there are different books the divine books books that claim also to be divine and uh, the the sort of the main teachings the core teachings or the principles are all you know very very much similar uh, as well um So that's something that we're going to be speaking about uh, a little bit later on. As I mentioned, we're going to be speaking about zakat, um which is one of the one of the pillars of Islam, um and that is uh, in regards to in regards to giving alms, giving charity, giving to those people who are in need as well. And we'll discuss its meaning, its importance, as well as of course, you know, its uh, its benefits and the main purpose um for you know for the cause for arms giving in today's world in today's society as well we we'll also be looking at the concept of the uh, of the god in in previous religions uh, before islam as well how different religions you know had uh, a custom in them to actually give to the give to the needy give to the poor and uh, you know fulfill their rights as well so there are you know a number of different subtopics that we're going to be speaking about as well if you want to get in touch with us the number to call in is 0208687 and you can also tweet uh, tweet us at uh, voice of islam uk or leave us any comments on our instagram page which uh, which is also a voice of islam uk 
we are asking a question on our on our on our Instagram page. What does zakat actually mean? Um, so that we've given four options. Uh, number one, to purify. Number two, to give charity. C, to increase. Or D, to tax. So uh, it's interesting. Uh, do stay tuned as we will, of course, talk about this. And you can leave us, or I mean, you can cast your vote on that one as well, or leave us any comments uh, for for us as well. As I mentioned, zakat is it's not because it's one of the core teams of Islam, is one of the five pillars of Islam, it's not a it's not a vol- voluntary charity. It's an obligation. It's not a tax as well. And when we talk about uh, it being an obligation, it means that every single person who comes under the category of, of you know giving of of giving the zakat, of paying the zakat, is obliged to do so. Such as, you know, praying five times a day the salat. That is also a, p- a pillar of Islam. You must every single Muslim who is uh, you know past the p- stage of uh, uh, of uh, the early puberty and knows what uh, he or she is saying, they need to perform. They need to perform uh, the prayer. In fact, the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he has even said that when children reach the age of ten, whether you're a boy or a girl, the parents should tell them that now you have to, now you have to pray. It is it is Say incumbent on you. Of course. So just like this, fasting in the month of Ramadan, that's also obligatory. The Hajj, the pilgrimage, which is done, uh, which is done in the month of Dhul Hijjah. We, you know, we just went past that a couple of a uh, couple of days ago as well, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, that is also that is also a, an obligation. That but it should be understood that those people who can come under the category, um, you know, there are some prerequisites as well. If you come under that category, if you meet those. Uh, so uh, those uh, prerequisites, then you have definitely have to uh, pay that one. You have to perform that one, or you have to fast and uh, various other things, which are necessities as well. See, the most of the um, kind of, uh, if you say the, the pillars of Islam, mm. well, these are the the basis, the basics of uh, um, Islamic religion. That mm. um, the, the um, that's why they are called pillars because the. The building of uh, religion, Islam, uh, is and actually, uh, yeah, is is uh, stands on those pillars, mm. and um, zakat, of course, is one of them. But as you mentioned, that most of them they are conditional. Mm. That there is there are certain conditions attached to that. Of course, you can say kalima shahada. That is just perhaps you have to say with your you know uh, with your mouth. You have to utter those words. Which is to that there is only one God and there's uh, Prophet Muhammad, I may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is his messenger, and that's all. That that's what makes you Muslim. But then uh, after that, you have to also to fulfill the the other factors, and uh, so one of the factors is zakat, and zakat is related to financial sacrifice. Now all the organizations in the world, wherever you will see the uh, what, no matter what kind of organization it is, it is uh, based on you know it it needs finances. So you cannot run an organization in this world without uh, financial contributions, and it has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. The governments run um, various um, uh, sort of whatever programs they have. Mm-hmm. They have to run, and and that needs finances. Mm-hmm. Um, Islam as a whole is a way of life, right. so it tells us how to live our lives. 
Uh, so it, and it is a complete form of way of life. It's a complete form. So yeah. it also um, um, considers how are we going to finance the system, in which we are going to run the economic system, and this is the basis of the economic system, which Islam tells us that hmm. this is the way you can run and you can fulfill all your needs running for society. Hmm. There are needs which are individual needs and there are needs of the society. Well, because within the society, there will be people who will be rich, there will be people who will be poor, there will be people who will be destitute, there will be people who will be disabled. There are various types of people, or all of them, and the society has the responsibility. Uh, the government which is run it has the responsibility that they are supposed to look after those people who are in need and who cannot afford themselves. Of course. And uh, the Holy Quran has explained in details um, who are the people who will be at the priority um, to to be uh, uh, for, for, so that their their needs are fulfilled and their needs should should take priority hmm. in the society. And it is the responsibility of the others so that they can contribute into a system where a central fund is created. And that fund is then spent by the government, uh, by the authority, uh, and distributed where it is needed. So it is not random. It has to be collected under a system into a center. And the center then organizes it and under the direction of whatever system is. Because the political system of Islam, it, it is not, it does not um, tell us to or restricts us to a certain type of government hmm. that it should be a monarchy, it should be a democracy, it should be, um, uh, the, it, it gives it you is. an option that whatever the system you choose, hmm. there should be justice in that system. Yeah. So it does not restrict you that you should be. In a way, there is a democracy involved, the people, because there is two, two systems together. One is that um, the person you choose, uh, whatever or whosoever you choose, the, his, his, you choose him on the basis of taqwa, that's the righteousness, and, the, and second is that there should be justice in the system. As long as there is justice, mm. you can run that system. You know, so when, you, when we're talking about uh, you know running the system, it's, it's it's very important that the system actually educates educates the you know the younger generation as well, because yes, of course, you know we we talk about this, and you know the elders they may know about this, even though there may be some confusion as well. But talking to the youngsters, educating the youngsters is very very much important. You know, their their brains are like uh, they're like sponges. It's, it's it's easy for them to actually pick up these things as well. And when we're talking about the core teachings of Islam, as you mentioned, that if we you know for, we're talking about zakat right now, but say if we're talking about prayer, if we're talking about salat. Then you know we mentioned that the the tradition of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him that at the age of seven he told the parents that you need to instill within the children the habit of praying five times yeah. a day and when they when they reach the age of ten then they will come to that stage they will be mature enough that they will pray on their own without you even you know telling them to I mean that should be that should be the ideal scenario just like this the 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 concept of zakat should also be educated. Uh, to, you know, at a, at, a, at a younger at a younger level as well, so people actually become aware of this because a lot of people think that you know we we don't have any gold, we don't have any silver, we don't have any sort of this or that, and so they 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 don't pay it, despite the fact that they may be eligible uh, because they may have a certain amount of money or whatever, 
But we'll speak about this. We'll talk about you know different uh, different ways. See, in interestingly, well. you have spoken about prayers, and in the Holy Quran, um, most of the places where there is a commandment of saying prayers, wa aqimu salata wa ata zakat. The zakat mm. is mentioned parallel with it, yeah. and and there are about twenty seven times where. Zakat, the commandment about uh, zakat has been mentioned uh, alongside of the uh, commandment of, for the prayers. Uh, there's a verse of the Holy Quran from chapter 9, verse 103. Yeah. It says, Take alms out of their wealth so that thou mayest cleanse them and purify them thereby. Mm. And uh, the Holy Quran, wherever it has mentioned about spending in the way of Allah, and that is associated with purifying yourselves because if when you spend you make a sacrifice out of what and god almighty always mentions and, and actually it is a reminder as well that you know whatever you're spending whatever you're giving <laughs> it's not actually yours <laughs> it is not yours it's god almighty who has yeah. given it to you it's otherwise without reminder. him giving it to you you cannot do that yeah um, because uh, this is this is something like prayers. You can say prayers because in every condition you are supposed to say your prayers. Whether you're standing you're, or you're sitting or lying say, down, you say you can. Yeah, in whatever. But for the uh, for giving alms, uh, it's a very interesting fact that uh, uh, it is one of the that obligations which is a basic uh, pillar of Islam on which you don't see practically that Hazrat. Uh, Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings mm -hmm. of Allah be upon him, and the, he never fulfilled the conditions to pay the kaat. Mm. So he he didn't, you know, somebody can object, he, he didn't uh, perform the way very basic, mm. like, you know, some people object upon the, uh, the, the promised exactly. Messiah, the was just about to say that, yeah. community. Yeah. He didn't perform hajj. Well, because it is associated with certain conditions. Absolutely. And uh, similarly, zakat is conditional that if a certain amount of money or gold or silver, you you are possessing it and you have for a certain um, period of time, then uh, you have to give uh, and the percentage is 2.5% of, you know, whatever you have, you that is, mm. uh, so that is something conditional. But that is what is going to create the fund which is going to run the society and fulfill the needs of the people who who are in need. Uh, and uh, of, of course, nobody wants to be behind. But this is the way the, princ the principle of guidance which the Holy Quran has given is that uh, it's the people who can afford give for those who cannot afford or who are in need. So that is that is why it is very very important as part of the faith, and the Holy Prophet may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He said that the very meaning of the faith was to mm. desire goodness, and to be sincere towards others, and to fulfil their rights. Of course, and this is one of the reasons. This is one of the methods in which we can actually fulfil people's rights. So there are misconceptions, and of course, you know, misunderstandings when it comes to. Uh, you know the basic uh, topic of uh, of zakat, and uh, according to according to um, according to the law of Islam, you know the Sharia, as you just mentioned, that one has to pay two point five two point five percent of one's cash money, uh, uh, cash money, capital, stock, and tradable assets, including jewelry in gold and silver. Of which uh, one was in possession of in one full year, provided that 
one had more than the accessible limit. So if you have more than more than that sort of uh, you know more than that limit, which is which is set um, according to you know how how much how much gold you know the the value of gold actually is because you know the value of gold increases and decreases as well. But uh, there is that set amount, and then if you have more than that amount, whether that's in money, whether that's in jewelry, uh, you know, gold, silver, um, whatever assets that you may have, even you know, even if you don't have tangible money, even if you have, you know, for instance, camels, or if you have goats, or if you have sheep, or whatever, even if you're a farmer and you have more than a certain amount of sheep, a certain amount of camels, or whatever you have. Then you have to pay the zakat according to that one as well. And in the ahadith, the sayings and traditions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he has actually categorically explained that this is the amount. And if you have this much, then you have to pay this. If you have this much, this, then you have to pay this much. So it's very beautiful uh, the, the way in which it has been uh, explained to us as well. So it's very, um, you know, that should be clarified. It's not. Uh, an income tax because mm. it's not given uh, on on income. Um, it is based on the on your assets, on your capital, or what whatever you, what you, you have stored. It. Yeah. So income tax is something separate. It's, it's something which, else. Which, yeah. Which when when it's coming on a min- monthly basis or mm. a weekly basis or on a regular that's, basis, that's something then that else. Is, that is something else, and that is levied by the the government, uh, and uh, of course uh, to to run the expenses or whatever being spent on you mm. in return. Uh, uh, so, uh, but zakat is on the on one savings, savings, yeah, and is spent wholly for the benefit of the poor and the needy. And Islam has imposed zakat on wealth and properties which have the attribute of increasing and multiplying, and which could also be preserved safe safely. Hmm. For which reason it is assessed every year, during which one has had ample chances of spending. So you know, if if that money, if that money has been stored, if that that jewelry has been, has been has just been has there, not been used as well, used. because the the, the the jewelry which is used regularly, there, there is no tax, uh, there is no zakat on that. And so you know, all of these things which are there, you you must uh, you must pay that. And Allah the Almighty says in the Holy Quran regarding the payment of zakat and its uh, spiritual benefits, as well in chapter two, verse one hundred and eleven. And observe prayer and pay the zakat. And whatever good you spend and whatever good you send on before you for yourselves, you shall find it with Allah. Surely Allah sees all that you do. Um, also, you know, as I mentioned, there are many uh, traditions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. One such has been narrated by a companion, Abu Ayyub, peace be upon him, who narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated the most glorious thing for you would be to worship Allah and not to associate anything with Him and to observe prayer and to pay the zakat and show kindness to all your relatives. Now this saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, it sort of, if you if you understand it, if you look at it, it beautifully explains the most beneficial and uh, you know the most glorious thing which a believer can do. And to achieve, and that is to, of course, win the pleasure and the bounties, the blessings of Allah the Almighty as well. So, as regards the purpose or where the proceeds of the cause are supposed to be devoted towards, um, uh, it's, the, it's the categories, the various categories that they have mentioned, they have been mentioned in the Holy Quran, that that's where you spend the money. Hmm. And it's to be um, supposed to be spent for relieving poverty and distress, hmm. uh, for helping those who are in debt. 
um, also in providing comfort and convenience to, uh, for the travelers, um, providing stipends for scholarships, providing ransom for prisoners of war, uh, for the propagation of Islam, and also meeting the expenses of the collection of zakat. Obviously, those people who are involved in um, collection of zakat, this is their administrative cost. They they can be uh, you know taken from zakat, mm. and uh, any other things which are beneficial for the society, zakat can be spent on on all those uh, all those things. And zakat is the best means of assisting and providing sustenance to the poor of the nation. Hmm. And the command of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, um, uh, he said that the zakat should be taken from the rich and given to the poor, denotes that the basic principle of zakat is sympathy for mankind and helping the poor and the needy. From the details given by the Holy Quran, it becomes very clear that the underlying idea is the support of the poor. And Allah mentions in the Holy Quran that whatever you pay as interest, that it may increase the wealth of the people, it does not increase in the sight of Allah. But whatever you give in zakat, seeking the favor of Allah, it is these who will increase their wealth manifold. Hmm. That's taken from chapter 30, verse 40. So, uh, obviously, uh, Allah the Almighty has very clearly um, actually admonished people not to take interest, not to be involved in, uh, you know, in the interest, uh, because that is against the teachings of uh, Islam and um, the whole society. We see th how the economic, economically, people are suffering because they have been, uh, you know, they think mm. that they they are into the sh shackles of interest, and you can't mm. come out of it. Um, but Allah has given the warning in the Holy Quran that if you do not leave this interest business, you are in fight with Allah hmm. and you will suffer. And uh, whereas zakat, the system which Allah the Almighty himself has recommended that this is a system which will help you, which will be benefit, the society as a whole, will, you will benefit is that of the system of the zakat. Mm. And uh, of course, that zakat is related to the central system where this has to be organized centrally rather than individually giving alms and sadaqah. Because you see, there are two types of um, um, spending in the way of Allah, giving alms. One is voluntary and one is obligatory. And there are various categories which are obligatory. The Holy Quran mentions about zakat. Um, in our uh, Ahmadiyya Muslim community, there is also a system which is called chanda. Hmm. Now, chanda is the money which is actually um, spent on on all these things which are mentioned here. Plus, it is uh, for the administrative costs. And as I mentioned, that any any scheme you run, any club, any organization, you mm. need the financial contributions. Yeah. Yeah. Run for the administrative costs. But then, more importantly, we also have one of the obligations, which is the propagation of Islam. Mm. And while we look into the needs, the physical needs of people, we also have to look at the spiritual needs of people. Mm. There are lo lots of people in the world who do not, who are not even aware of God. Mm. And even if they, they know about God, they either associate partners with God because of the ignorance, because they do not know that there exists one God who can look after their needs and who can fulfill and who has given such a complete way of life which will benefit them. Mm. 
सो इट इज इम्पॉर्टेंट दैट वी मेक दम अवेयर ऑफ द एग्जिस्टेंस ऑफ गॉड एंड द वे ऑफ द वे ऑफ लाइफ ही हैज गिवन विच इज विच ब्रिंग्स पीस टू द सोसाइटी so we will not be fulfilling our responsibility if we do not propagate uh, to them the message of islam the message of true the unity of god almighty and that is why it is important that we we do spend money on that and that's why we make lots of sacrifices in that regards that in addition to this obligation hmm. that we pay zakat in our ahmadiyya muslim community there is also an obligatory chanda which is called lazmi chanda or obligatory chanda that we you pay uh, 1/16th of your income hmm. every individual who is an earning member who pays into that one and this is this is called obligatory chanda and also there is um because we just had annual conference which is uh, jalsa salana hmm. and that one more chanda is obligatory as well yeah that's 1% of your yeah. annual income yeah but which is literally is nothing if you think about nothing if you think about and the benefit out of uh, it what you get but all the other chandas all the other contributions financial contributions which you make this chanda means financial making financial contribution and all the other whatever you you give it is called sadaka sadaka Uh, and zakat these are the two you know zakat is obligatory sadaka is whatever you give voluntarily is sadaka and then it has got various denominations like for example in uh, in our community ahmadiyya muslim community there is a system of paying into tehreek e jadeed now tehreek e jadeed is something where you spend voluntarily you contribute voluntarily mm. to mainly the purpose is to spreading the message of islam to the whole world yeah Uh, and also we have another system which is called wakfe jadid as well which is more into um training of the people uh, or, or people who are uh, cannot afford themselves for training their own uh, members of the jamaat as well so um, and then preparing the missionaries and all the there there various mm. we, uh, we have held sometimes a full programs on that but that is that is something which is uh, voluntary mm. again you contribute towards uh, you know uh fitrana you contribute towards eid fund you contribute about any occasion when you want to get rid of some you know some difficult times you pay sadaka you, pay some sadaka, you yeah. have a bad dream you see pay sadaka to avoid uh, the mm. bad consequences or ill yeah, effects yeah. of that uh, so that that is all voluntary but zakat is something similar to like five times prayers mm. if you fulfill the conditions it is obligatory upon you to pay this zakat so in ahmadiyya muslim community as well people do have and they do pay the zakat as well hmm. which is 25 2.5% in addition to the obligatory chandas they pay for in order to uh, to run our jamaat and um, also there is another contribution which is made uh, voluntarily is is to, to uh, contributing towards make, uh, making the mosques hmm. you know the, so many mosques are being built every day you say here from uh, you know in various different countries of the world as well yeah. and throughout on the international and that is also all comes from the voluntary contributions it's not the zakat money paid into you paid know making the uh, making the mosque yeah. because uh, zakat money these are the, the these are the certain criteria which the which the holy quran has given that this is where you should be spending these zakat money and and it is not 
uh, it is not spent anywhere else. As the Holy Quran ha- says that it should be spent on the poor, the needy, the staff responsible for collecting the kaat, mm. for those people whose hearts are to be co- reconciled, freeing the slaves. Mm. Uh, and there is also a term used as wal-gharameen. Gharameen uh, means that these, these are people who are bound under penalty or guarantee mm. given on behalf of someone who was in difficulty and for which they are not personally responsible. So they have they've caught into certain circumstances where they can't come out spending the way of Allah. And there is also Wabnis Sabil. Wabnis Sabil means those who are the travelers. Sometimes even the the most affluent people can be in a situation in a, while they are traveling. Yeah. Something happens something and happen they, them, yeah. they run out of money or something and they are desperately in need of help. And this is this is also spent for, for that uh, particular purpose. You know, it was, what's interesting as well is that His Holiness, uh, I believe it was the, the second caliph of the of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmad, may Allah be pleased with him. He he actually said that with zakat, as, and you mentioned this before as well, that when the collection of the zakat comes, when the when the you know when the when the collections come, how is the government or how is that uh, particular party or who is in power? How are they going to control it? How are they going to give the money where it actually belongs to? Now, this is why Allah the Almighty has established the, the institution of Khilafat, of Caliphate. So when the funds come in, or when the zakat actually come in, then the Caliph can actually better decide, because the Caliph has, has an idea, oh, the, this, is, this country needs more, this no, country you see, needs he, more. He, he's, he's overall, overall. Uh, you know, he's looking at the thing, uh, he's a broader um, yeah, overview, and so, then he, he knows where to spend, uh, yeah. when to spend, who is... Uh, who is more um, in need of uh, yeah, that one. Is, uh, like, like we are sitting here in, in, in London, hmm. and um, the, the very first mosque here, Masjid Fazl, hmm. a very historical mosque, which was built and built in, in uh, 1924. Now the people who contributed for uh, for this mosque, they were the ladies particularly, and especially yeah. the the ladies' contribution who contributed to build a mosque actually in Berlin mm. at that time. But then the circumstances changed, and that money was spent here. Spent over here. But none of them um, ever visited this place. Yeah. They never used it. But yeah. it's their progeny. It's their families. That's their the thing, isn't it? Next generations who have come and used. And today we are, uh, you know, uh, it is the blessings of Allah that out of that one fruit, the branches have grown. And now we have got a much bigger mosque all around in mm. UK as as well as in the, the whole world, basically, mm. that we have got everywhere the, the mosque. And if you listen uh, or you happen to listen to the second uh, day speech of uh, our Caliph, uh, Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmad, may Allah strengthen his hands, who gives a detailed uh, analysis of the blessings of Allah upon the Jamaat hmm. throughout the year. And he has mentioned that so many mosques we do build ourselves, uh, hundreds of them, and then we also get many mosques which come along with their worshippers and they come because they're people they convert into um, Ahmadiyya yeah. and there are lots of people and you must have heard that um, you know the, the the most rapidly spreading religion in, in the world at the moment is Islam yeah. and if you go into the deeper analysis of who are these people converting into yeah. because there are so many different sects of Islam and everybody is claiming that we are uh, we are the ones who are going to be 
the, uh, the who will be saved. Uh, but when you analyze that, these people who are converting, they're all uh, belong to Ahmadiyya Muslim community. <laughs> and they are the ones who are working in different countries and uh, the most advanced countries, America, um, Australia, Germany, uh, Canada, UK, um, everywhere. Hmm. Uh, you see these are the people and, and these are the mosques they are building with their own sacrifices. And this is purely voluntary sacrifices with, yeah. with which they are uh, they are being built. And that the purpose, uh, the purely the purpose of making these mosques is to, to bring peace to the world. Because these people, uh, these uh, mosques, they bring people uh, giving them the message of peace to the world and they create a peaceful society. Uh, and that is uh, the glad tidings which they give to the people. Hmm. Uh, and in this uh, time and age, well, that is what is required at the moment because people are desperate for finding a solution to the problems of the world at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we're pleased uh, to say that we have uh, our guest on the line with us, Imam Atar Rahman Khalid, who's a missionary of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community serving in uh, in Ireland. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Wa alaikum assalam wa Pleasure to be here. Zakallah uh, for joining us this afternoon. Talking about uh, zakat, is, is zakat a, a tax or a charity? Well, um, it's, you know, a tax is something which a person being a resident of a country has to pay on his income. And um, in Islam, all all these um, zakat included are a form of charity. So there's different forms of charity. So it, it is not at all a tax. It is a form of charity. And within Islam, there are two forms of charity. One is compulsory and the other is voluntary and zakat falls in the former category so it is compulsory and a person who uh, recognizes himself as a muslim is uh, is to be is to pay zakat and we have to remember that it's not levied at uh, against someone who is earning but in fact anyone who has uh, savings up to an acceptable level uh, has to pay the zakat Mm-hmm. Now, uh, politicians are speaking about the need for a wealth tax. Now, is this something which Zagat is uh, compatible with? And how would this help? You know, with the with the current economic crisis. Well, um, we 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 see you know the inflation is going up, and we see a, a a big gap between the rich and the poor, and it goes on increasing. Where we see, you know, all over the world, there's there's a very small percentage of people who actually own the majority of wealth in, in the world, hmm. and zakat is actually something really, really beautiful. That when we look at this, we see that it is a really good way to remove poverty and to reduce this gap between the rich and the poor. So, uh, a, a basic Islamic principle is that um, you know all the resources of the world mm. whatever Allah has created is not for any specific individual it is for all of humanity and so for example the second caliph of the Amdi Muslim community when explaining the concept of zakat he has given the example of a mine say if someone com- comes across a mine and you know 
whatever that mine is of, that, the assets that come out of that mine, the, the wealth that comes out, that is a shared right of all of humanity. It is not just for the individual who happen to come across it and find it. Mm. Now, if that person employs workers to dig out whatever uh, resources buried in, in, in the mine and he pays them, still he hasn't paid the due to mankind. That would be just their, you know, their, their work, the labor they put in. And so if that person was to even pay them extra, still it would not, you know, uh, provide for the need or the, the right the rest of humanity has on that mine. And so hmm. we have the system of zakat, that it is payable uh, on certain assets um, like gold, silver, you know, if someone has sheep, you know, uh, livestock, it's payable on that. And uh, so in this way, the, the purpose of zakat is actually to bring wealth into circulation and to prevent and stop people from hoarding wealth. And this is one of the issues we see nowadays where, you know, the rich people, rich companies, very, you know, huge companies, they um, try and see and find countries through which they can avoid having to pay tax. Mm. And the the basic principle of Islam is that we should we should have compassion for the, the poor uh, people in society and we should try and bring them up so 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 just like you you the, the question you asked uh, the, you know the answer the simple answer to that is of course the cart is something if introduced would you know bring the standards of the poor people uh, to to a level where they would be able to afford you know uh, running their home paying for their bills and and putting food on the table Absolutely, absolutely, and with with this financial sacrifice is also uh, you know also needed as well, and that's something that we're also discussing the benefits of financial sacrifice. But there are many people in today's uh, you know in today's society with all the you know energy bills going up, inflation is also um, you know quite high as well. There are many people who are actually struggling uh, when it comes to their finances. Financially, people are struggling, so. The question which a lot of people ask is that why can't we leave financial sacrifice for when you know when we're more financially stable? Mm. Yeah, so it's a good question. Firstly, we have to understand the 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 essence of financial sacrifice and why there is so much emphasis uh, placed by Islam on financial sacrifice. Like just you know we're talking about zakat today and uh, wherever you know Allah has commanded. Uh, Muslims to pray, and you know it's the it's an important part of Islam hmm. um, to offer our five daily prayers. Alongside that, in many places, uh, um, Allah the Almighty has mentioned um, you know the paying of zakat. And regarding financial sacrifice, there's a great deal of emphasis. Um, so we we must remember that the source of all wealth is God Almighty. Hmm. He is Razak. He is the provider. So if he is the provider, then then th- there should not be the concern that you know once we have saved, once we are in a good position, then we should spend in the the way of Allah. So mm-hmm. as Allah the Almighty mentions the Holy Quran, who is it that would give Allah a goodly loan so that He may return it mani- manifold? 
So this indicates that we should not be worried that you know if we spend in the way of Allah, if we spend on the uh, you know on the poor, then we ourselves will struggle because Allah has promised that He would multiply that manifold, and He would of course look after the person who's spending in the way of Allah. And there's countless examples of this, especially you know in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community um, every year. Uh, His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad, the current head of the Amni Muslim community, may Allah be his helper, he delivers a few sermons in which he talks about financial sacrifice. And he presents examples from um, th- those countries which are less developed. And there's examples, countless examples of such Amdi Muslims who are themselves in great need. And even when they were told by missionaries and office bearers of the community that they should not make such a huge sacrifice, financial sacrifice, um, as they made themselves, they, they were seen to be themselves in need. But they said, no, no, we understand the importance of financial sacrifice and we know that Allah the Almighty is a provider. And then we, we, we see how Allah the Almighty arranged for their needs to be met. So there are so many different examples of this. Of course, absolutely, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Um, when we talk about, I mean, talking about financial sacrifices, uh, I mean, as you just mentioned as well, when someone does make a financial sacrifice or any sort of sacrifice for God Almighty, he he, you know, he increases that. He 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 gives that person's bounties and favors as well. And when God says that He will increase your wealth seventy times. Uh, is that do we sort of take that literally that if we spend in the way of Allah, um, if we make a sacrifice in the way of God, that He will increase it seventy times? Or what? What, what is actually meant over here? So, so in Arabic, there are certain um, digits which are used to denote abundance. So, what this means is that Allah the Almighty hmm. will multiply our wealth in abundance, and and sometimes we see this in this world where people have experiences where they spent spent in the way of Allah the Almighty mm. and Allah multiplied that by by many times and it can also indicate that the reward would be in in heaven in the next life and and that would be manifold and as the holy quran describes when the believers when they experience these um you know favors of Allah in heaven they will know that this is the reward for that action which I performed in in my last life. Hmm. Also, we, when people make uh, make any sort of sacrifice, people sort of want to they they want to know um, if you know whatever they have sacrificed has actually been accepted or not. So a lot of people ask this also that how would we know? That we have made a sort of sacrifice. How do we know for certain that God Almighty has actually accepted this one, and uh, you know that that this will be that this will be counted amongst the good doings or our good deeds? Yeah. Well, well, one simple way is you know if you see in your life that you are blessed, right? Hmm. And um, you know if you're constantly in hardship and you feel that uh, you know. Of course, sometimes you know you could it could be a trial from Allah Almighty, but 
you know, as the Holy Quran says, the, 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 the truly righteous people who, you know, do everything for solely for the sake of Allah, including financial sacrifice, uh, for them are two heavens. Mm-hmm. And so they, in, in, a, in a way, experience inner peace, inner satisfaction, mm-hmm. which is indicative of the fact that their sacrifices, their worship are, are acceptable to Allah the Almighty. And of course, you know, uh, deep down we know when when we're doing something for show, when we have uh, you know other ulterior motives in in some of the things we do. For example, if we're making financial sacrifices and we know that the money we are giving to a charity is actually um, earned in an unrightful way, so then of course that 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 charity is not acceptable. Just like Allah says regarding prayer in the Holy Quran. Mm-hmm that, you know, um, such prayers become a curse for a person, right, mm. which are not performed for the right reasons, right? Yeah. So the people who perform their prayer, and they're actually unmindful of their prayer, and so it is either just for show or for some other reason, then such a prayer becomes a curse. And so, so if a person lacks this inner peace, inner contentment, then this would be a sign that um, somewhere... Some some condition is not being fulfilled. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean that inner that inner peace is very very much important as well. Um, when we when we make this sacrifice, uh, when people you know uh, believe they they want to sacrifice, and they do make these sacrifices, is it is it that uh, people will just have to make these sacrifices and then not spend on themselves? Because some people would uh, say that you know, if they've uh, got if they saved up for something, um, they they won't spend it on themselves. They won't spend anything. They won't buy anything nice for them, or they won't have uh, enjoy you know the luxuries of this world, even if it's a little bit. But what they would do, they would just give all of that money to charity. Is 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 that the way then, or is it okay to spend on yourselves as well sometimes? Well, of course, if Allah the Almighty has given you the means. Then you know, based on your means, if you live in in you know a comfortable setting, that is of course you know allowed, mm. as long as you are paying the dues of of humanity. So, for example, if zakat is uh, applicable to you, mm. that you have assets which are sitting around for a year, uh, which are accessible, which you know um, are past that threshold upon which zakat is applicable, then you must pay the zakat. And so if you're paying zakat, and if you are discharging the dues of your fellow human beings, then of course, if you have the means, of course you should you know, dress comfortably. And so this, this was a question even the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was asked. Mm. And we have examples of you know, the senior companions of the Holy Prophet Muhammad wasallam, who would, who would themselves dress in, in good clothes. Like, for example, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, who was a trader uh, by, by profession. And sometimes he would, uh, you know, we have the example that he brought uh, all of his possessions in order to present it uh, in charity on one occasion. Hmm. But sometimes when people would come who had not seen the Holy Prophet before, they would confuse Hazrat Abu Bakr and think that he was a prophet just on account of his elegant manner of, of uh, you know, clothes mm. would dress immaculately in, in really fine garments. And so mm. this 
He was, of course, the first Khalifa, and he has a, the most revered status in, in Islam. And so this illustrates that, of course, we can't spend on ourselves. Uh, in no way does Islam, uh, you know, tell us not to. But on the other hand, the Holy Quran does guide us that we must not be extravagant and we must not waste. Allah, the Almighty, does not like those who, who are, you know, who waste and, you know, are extravagant. And, you know, in, in this regard, we have countless examples as well uh, from early Islam and also in the history of Ahmadiyyat where Allah really blessed members of the community and the early companions with so much wealth and they made so many sacrifices, financial sacrifices, where they spent on the poor. And, um, you know, uh, um, you know, when it came to small things, they would be quite uh, an outward person, a worldly person may think them to be miserly. Hmm. But in fact, it was on account of this teaching of the Holy Quran that they would take great care in how they use their, their money. Um, we have the example of Sir Zafrullah Khan Sahib, um, you know, who um, was the first foreign minister of Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Allah had blessed him with wealth. But he would, you know, during while making journeys, he would just um, walk to a further bus stop just to save uh, some money, mm-hmm. which he thought that then he can contribute towards charity. So we, this is another aspect that we must make sure that we are not wasteful. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, some good advice uh, there as well. well. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon and uh, turning, uh, enlightening us about this uh, very core principle, one of the pillars of Islam as well. And Zakullah once again, and uh, have a lovely day. Assalamualaikum. You see, the concept of zakat is not new to Islam. Mm. It has been there before as well. Mm. And the previous religions as well, we see that uh, and it's mentioned in the Holy Quran, the history of zakat uh, um, is very similar to that of salat because the salat is also mentioned for the previous Mm. religions as well. And um, uh, it has existed in the previous prophets as well. When God asked the Muslims to pay it, it was not something unknown to them. And all the followers of the religion of Hazrat uh, Ibrahim Ibrahim, uh, on whom be peace, uh, were they were fully aware of it and they they had a very clear concept that this is something which they have to do and for this very reason uh, in uh, chapter al-ma'arij that's chapter 70 um, uh, in verse 25 it said that uh, uh, it is a specified right and the quran gives examples in several several verses telling us how zakat was imposed on the previous prophets hmm. for example uh, for the zakat of prophet uh, ismail on whom be peace uh, also uh, is mentioned also mentioned in the book the story of his ismail he was um, true to what he promised and he was an apostle and a prophet he used to enjoin on his people salat as prayers and zakat and he was most acceptable in the sight of lord hmm. that's from chapter maryam 19 verse 54 to 55 and then regarding the zakat of jews uh, it is mentioned in chapter al-Baqarah, where, that's chapter 2, verse 83. Hmm. Uh, it says, And remember, when we made a covenant with the children of Israel, um, saying, Worship none save Allah, hmm. and be good to parents, and to kindred, and to orphans, and the needy, and speak kindly to mankind, and establish salat, and pay zakat. 
Um, again, uh, about the progeny of Prophet uh, Isaac, Hazrat Ishaq, uh, on whom be peace, and Prophet Jacob, Hazrat uh, Yaqub, on whom be peace, um, is mentioned in chapter Lambiya, that's chapter 21, verse 73. And we sent them inspiration to good to do good deeds and to be diligent in the salah, salat and zakat. So zakat of the Prophet uh, Jesus, uh, on whom be peace, is also mentioned in chapter Maryam, mm. uh, that's chapter 19, verse 30, 31. Mm. He said, Lo, I am the slave of Allah. He has given me the scripture and has appointed me a prophet and has made me blessed <coughs> wheresoever <coughs> I may be and has enjoyed upon me um, salat and zakat as long as I remain alive. Mm. So all these mentions that, uh, uh, you know, one knows that it has been mm. there in the previous prophets as well and was not something purely um, uh, that it came in with the Islam. Very, very interesting uh, point. I mean, we, don't, we don't have that much time as well, but Allah the Almighty has mentioned that uh, Jesus is saying that uh, God has told him to pay, to pray, and pray to pay and the zakat as well. If yeah, if God, if if he's alive right now, yeah. who is he paying zakat to? <laughs> yeah, in the sky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so all the Abrahamic religions uh, yeah. it has been there. Now Islam Islam teaches us. Uh, His Holiness has actually said the 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 fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. On one occasion, may Allah be his helper, that Islam also teaches us how to conduct our financial and economic affairs and outlines the responsibilities of a true Muslim in his financial dealings. Whilst Islamic teachings, which are given in the Holy Quran, command Muslims to fulfill the rights owed to God, at the same time, they also instruct us to fulfill the rights of God's creation, you know, fulfilling the rights of God. And of course, mankind, the creation of God Almighty, as well. Zakat is one of the best ways in which we, in we, you know, in which we can do that. Z- uh, prayer, of course, we can do that. We can fulfill the rights of God, and zakat, we can fulfill the rights of mankind as well. Um, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has said that spend with an open heart, Allah will spend upon you. And uh, that's what we have time for. Join us after the break where we go on to our next topic. Assalamualaikum. Persecuted for your beliefs, jailed for your faith, and exiled from your homeland, but you refuse to turn to bitterness or vengeance. Instead, His Holiness has emerged as a leader of wisdom and compassion, a champion of nonviolence among nations. No society can truly succeed unless it guarantees the rights of all of its peoples including religious minorities. Whether they're Ahmadiyya, Muslims in Pakistan, or Baha'i in Iran, or Coptic Christians in Egypt. I would like very much to confirm my support for the work that His Holiness and the Ahmadiyya Muslim community are doing, particularly in London. Even I didn't know when I was elected, then my name even will be proposed. The election is the same as the Pope is elected, but without smoke. I know you are a regular uh, visitor and speaker to parliaments and assemblies around the world, whether it's the US Congress or the, or the European Parliament. Let it be clear that I am not speaking in support or favor of any particular individual country. 
What I wish to say is that all forms of cruelty, wherever they exist, must be eradicated and stopped, regardless of whether they are perpetrated by the people of Palestine, the people of Israel, or the people of any other country. In this we are allied with His Holiness, a courageous champion of religious freedom and of peace. I'm very glad that our movement, IOS, will do something to correct this image. Islam means peace. I should thank Your Holiness for your highly enlightened sermon, not only uh, for the Ahmadis, but I would say for all mankind. Love for all and hatred for none. And this message not only for Muslims, but for everybody. man, though of humble beginnings, your leadership has made you a figure of global prominence, and you have become a guide for millions of Muslims worldwide. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful, peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all, and welcome back to the Drive Time Show here on The Voice of Islam Radio. In this part of the show, we're going to be moving on to our next topic, which is about divine books. Uh, uh, and you know, we'll speak about the belief in all of uh, of Allah's revealed books as well. It's commonly known that the that the holy script of Islam is, of course, the Holy Quran, and that Muslims believe that this book was revealed to the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, by God Almighty Himself. Um, but another crucial part of the Islamic belief is, that, and a lot of people don't actually know this is that Muslims believe that all such divine revelations were vouchsafed to other previous prophets, may Allah be pleased with all of them, from wherever and whichever age uh, that they belong to and whenever they came as well. So therefore, it's understood that if a Muslim only believed and acknowledged the Holy Prophet or the Holy Quran being of divine origin, it would uh, you know, invalidate his belief. Rather, Islam teaches that all the divine books which were revealed before and you know they were the actual divine teachings of Allah the Almighty the divine books a Muslim has to believe in all of those books uh, uh, as well so Islam teaches that these prophets and holy books were true at their source and were sent by God Almighty uh, himself and uh, as I mentioned the Holy Quran mentions that in chapter 35, verse 25, there is no people to whom a warner has not been sent. In other words, every single person, every single tribe, every single place has actually seen or witnessed a a particular prophet, whether it was a law-bearing prophet or a subordinate prophet as well. Allah the Almighty also mentions that and for every people there is a messenger. In chapter 10, verse uh, verse 48, now the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, once mentioned that both in this world and in the and in the hereafter, I am the nearest of all the people to Jesus, the son of Mary. Their prophets are paternal brothers, their mothers are different, but their religion is one. You know, basically saying that the core teachings, the core principles are always basically the same thing. To always tell the truth, be kind to your parents, be kind to your neighbours. Uh, don't lie, don't steal. Uh, all of the, you know, all the core uh, teachings are are definitely the same. So, in the Holy Quran itself, the reference has been made to revealed books other than the Quran, hmm. 
And, uh, you know, it mentions about the Sohofe Ibrahim, that's the scrolls of Abraham, on whom be peace. Um, uh, and the Holy Quran says the scriptures of Abraham and Moses in the Holy Quran, chapter 87, verse 20. Mm. Um, of the scriptures of uh, Hazrat Ibrahim, on whom be peace, nothing is known today. These scriptures were probably never recorded in writing. Mm. Um, secondly, the followers of uh, Hazrat Ibrahim, uh, Prophet Abraham, uh, on whom be peace, eventually adopted the uh, teachings of uh, Prophet Moses, on whom be peace. And the original Abrahamic uh, teachings and scriptures got amalgamated in the Old Testament. Mm. Again, um, about uh, the Torah, of Moses, mm. uh, on whom be peace. The Holy Quran mentions in chapter 3, verse 4, that he has sent down to thee the book containing the truth and fulfilling that which precedes it. And he sent down the Torah and the gospel. Mm. The Torah or Torah um, is also called Torah or Torah of Moses, on whom be peace, comprises the first five books of the Hebrew Bible and it contains the complete law for the Israelites. And these five books, these are called Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Hmm. Um, these five books, these are um, known as, uh, what's the pronunciation? Penta? Pentateuch. Pentateuch. Oh, uh, so yeah. the Torah was passed on the generations by the word of mouth and was finally recorded in writing some hundreds of years after Prophet Moses on mm. Nambi peace. And the Hebrew Bible is a collection of 24 books including these five books of Torah. Mm -hmm. So f Torah is uh, only the first five books of these, uh, uh, this uh, Hebrew, the Hebrew Bible. Yeah. The Old Testament. Uh, the Old it, Testament. Yeah. And the Zabur, which is also mentioned in the Holy Quran, mm -hmm. as man said, these are the Psalms of David, on whom be peace. And uh, in chapter 4, verse 164 of the Holy Quran, it said, Surely we have sent revelation to thee, as we sent revelation to Noah, and the prophets after him, mm. and we sent revelation to uh, Ibrahim and Ismail and Ishaq and Yaqub and his children and to Jesus and Job and Jonah and Aaron and Solomon. And we gave David a book. So all these, uh, you know, the, the prophets, they have been mentioned that they were revealed books uh, or the messages. Very little is known today of the Boor, uh, the, you know, the revelations of Prophet David, mm. on whom be peace. In the Hebrew Bible, there are many psalms. The psalms are the sacred songs or hymns mm. which are attributed to Prophet David, uh, on whom be peace, which may constitute part of Zabur. Mm. So they, these were the songs and people used to recite. And of course, giving the um, the, the songs. Even today, you know, we have got a lot of poetry which is related to the religious teachings and people, mm. uh, it's easy to remember them and people, uh, you know, they can um, chant those and they can sing those and um, they can remember and particularly, the, you know, the children, they can remember very easily the poetry. Even um, the, um, the current day uh, uh, you know, prof follower prophet of Prophet Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Hazrat Mizagullah Muhammad of Qadian, who is the, the Imam Mahdi and Messiah of the mm. time. He, uh, you know, he, he has also conveyed the message through his poetry, which through is in well. three different languages, in Arabic, in Persian, and in uh, Urdu as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're talking about the, talking about the Zabur as well. Yeah. There, there's, an, there's a brief audio clip, uh, you know, which we can uh, actually listen to as well. 
very quickly. Let's listen to that right now. Zubur, in fact, is not a book of law. Zubur is a book of hymns and praises of Allah and general um, admonitions, which can be, in fact, inferred from and some prophecies. But it's not a book of law. David followed Torah, the five books of Moses' law, and he did not bring a new book of law, nor did Jesus Christ peace be upon him. So Zubur, after, the, after David, peace be upon him, was a, a book highly respected and, uh, um, I should say, Every prophet that followed not only respected that book, had no difference with that book. That was exactly in accordance with his own views and his own teachings. And it did not, one did not have to follow the book. Because every other prophet also followed Torah. And whatever was expressed in the book was as if the entire desire of every prophet that followed, like somebody, Praises hymns of Ahmad and there are hundreds of thousands of such people who have done so. So you don't have to follow them because they have said it in their own word and you say that in, this, in your own words. And every person who sings the hymn of Ahmad sings it in his own way. So there is no question of anybody else following him. He gives expression to his love and you also give expression to your love and there is no difference of opinion. That is all. So, prophets which followed David, peace be upon him, had no difference of opinion with what was said in Zabu. That is what we can say. But they did not follow him. They were all independent of each other, those prophets. But were followers of Torah. That was the overriding teachings which they could not violate. Well, very, very beautifully, His Holiness, the fourth Caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmed, may Allah have mercy on him, explaining to us what uh, what the Zabur actually is. Uh, and, you know, the Zabur of, uh, of Prophet David, peace be upon him, as he was uh, he was the Israelite prophet, you know, uh, following the following the Torah, following the teachings of Prophet Moses, the law of Prophet Moses, the Torah, as well as mentioned, as uh, just mentioned as well. Um, so the Injil, which we were speaking about, or the Gospel of Jesus of Jesus Christ, peace be upon him, Allah the Almighty mentions in chapter five, verse forty-seven, and be caused Jesus, son of Mary, to follow in their footsteps fulfilling that which was revealed before him in the Torah and we gave him the gospel which contained guidance and light fulfilling that which was revealed before it in the Torah and a guidance and an admonition for the God-fearing now the Injil or gospel was revealed to Prophet Jesus peace be upon him was but was not recorded during his uh, during his lifetime and that's uh, that's very much important to remember as well and after his death Attempts were made to record his teachings in writing uh, to pen it down on uh, on paper, and after many such narratives, four were actually selected by the early church as uh, official accounts of the of the teachings of Jesus Christ as well, peace be upon him. And these four versions of the gospel are known as today as the uh, Gospels of Matthew, 
Luke, Mark and John. However, there are also other Gospels as well that are not included in the Bible and also contain important information about the life and the teachings of Jesus, peace be upon him as well. I mean, they are the Apocrypha and, uh, you know, the, the Council of Nicaea when they were actually sort of uh, coming to, you know, coming towards that and uh, they had that assembly as well. And then they sort of decided that this is going to be accounted, this is not going to be counted. And so that was, uh, you know, it was decided quite after the death of uh, Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him as well. Now the Gospels are only part of the Christian Bible which consists of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the Old Testament in the Christian rendering of the Hebrew Bible uh, is the actual Christian rendering of the Hebrew Bible, but arranged in a somewhat different order um, than the than the Hebrew Scriptures. Now the Roman Catholic version of the Old Testament contains 39 books, and it is noteworthy that the Bible of the Christians uh, they include scriptures of another religion, which is Judaism, and that has been uh, that has been the case since the early days of Christianity as well. Um, so they both, you know, have you know the same books as well. So the New New Testament is the second part of the Christian Bible, and that contains the Gospels and other sacred literature of Christian origin. Mm. And there are twenty seven books in the New Testament, including the four Gospels. Uh, so the four Gospels have been included, and and that that makes twenty seven books in the New Testament. And if classified according to subject matter, the New Testament writings could be grouped into three categories: the Gospels, which give accounts of the life of Jesus, the Acts, which describe the origins of the Church, and the letters, which represent the beginnings of Christian theology. Mm. So also at this point we can mention the sacred books of other religions. Uh, uh, for example, there is um, Avesta. Avesta is the scriptures of Zoroastrianism. Mm. Then there are Vedas. These are the scriptures of the Hinduism. Yeah. And also we have uh, Tipitaka, which is the scriptures of Buddhism. Mm. Um, also Siddhanta Angus, scriptures of Jainism. Mm. Um, and also Tao Te King, that's the sacred book of Taoism. King Slan Yu is the sacred books of Confucianism. And uh, Kojoki Nehongi is the sacred books of Shinto. So these are the different uh, religions, you know, and, and these are their, their holy books. And the holy founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad of Qadiyya and the promised Messiah and Imam Mahdi, on whom BPC once said that one of the principles which forms the basis of my belief refers to the established religions of the world. These religions have met with wide acceptance in various regions of the earth. They have acquired a measure of age and have reached a stage of maturity. God has informed me that none of these religions were false at their source and none of the prophets imposters. Hmm. So this is such a beautiful principle which promotes peace and harmony and which lays the foundation of reconciliation and which helps the moral condition of man. All prophets that have appeared in the world regardless of whether they dwelt in India or Persia or China or in some other country, we believe in the truth of them and one and all. Hmm. So this is uh, this is an extract from Tofa Kesriya, one of the books written by the Promised Messiah, 
حضرت میزا غلام محمد قادیان because this is very good for for establishing peace in a society as well when we believe that uh, you know when there's when there's a lot of diversity in a particular place where there's muslims are living in uh, their hindus are living there sikhs are living there buddhists christians jews they all if they you know if all of them are living in a particular place then uh, and and we believe that they were true in their source then we can have you know we can have this harmony we can have this we can come together in that same or that common ground and that is that you know worship god almighty be nice to our neighbors be good p- people have good morals and all of these good things which a lot of the religions actually speak about the core beliefs that they teach about uh, that they talk about as well and that actually puts us together and it puts us and it makes the whole society into into a peaceful society So Islam, Islam actually um, believes that as a Muslim or to become a Muslim, mm. it's a part, it's an article of faith that you have to believe in all the books. Yeah. That I believe in God Almighty uh, and, and, angels, and his books all the books so it's mentioned of all the books so all the divine books and there is an unconditional belief in all the books and and this is what the the, the holy founder of the md muslim community uh, uh, on whom we peace he has described and it's is is teaching which creates uh, such Uh, you know it gives a principle of peace in the world actually because if mm. you respect exactly. if you believe that all the religions are t- true religions from god almighty from all the, the books source. are the divine yeah. books so uh, you naturally would respect you know all the all the religions you will respect their teachings and you will respect their books uh, and that is what uh, you know the the ahmadiyya muslim belief is that all the books are from god almighty the, however the the only thing is Uh, and an interesting thing is that except the holy quran none of the revealed books were recorded during the lifetime of their respective, their respective prophets, prophets yeah. it's only the holy quran which in presence of the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him it was written and it was um, uh, authorized by him the accuracy and authenticity of other books obviously is questionable mm. whereas this particular book not only that at the time the holy prophet may peace and blessings even after his uh, after uh, him his successors made sure that they are, this book is preserved in the Mm. right form um and the uh, and the right dialect and um on top of that and that is the most important thing is that god almighty himself did not uh, either give a promise or take uh this upon himself mm. yeah. whereas in the first the holy quran uh, about uh, the holy quran itself it says in uh, that god almighty has said inna nahnu nazzalna dhikra wa inna lahu lahafizun that we are the ones who have revealed this uh, book and we are the ones who is going to protect, protect it, protect it and it, yeah. keep it safe in in the original form mm. so as we study the books that claim to be of divine origin we find contradictions not only in the areas of their teachings but also in the areas of basic and fundamental beliefs mm. so many such books they contain passages which are understood and interpreted by their followers to lead to the belief in lesser deities sharing divinity with the one supreme being god almighty 
And you know, in 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 some books, God is presented as the head of a, a f- head of a family of God, having spouses, sons, and daughters. And in some other books, saintly human figures are attributed with such uh, human, uh, superhuman, uh, and uh, su- you know, artificial and superhuman powers, which are only possessed by God, God Almighty as well. And some, you know. This is also an association of, uh, you know, associating partners with God. This is, you know, outrightly doing shirk. And as man gradually advances in various areas of civilization and culture, science and eco- economy, at different stages of his, uh, of his history, he requires specific teachings which are related to that specific period of time as well. And a divine book would be revealed for his, uh, for his instruction. And these time-related teachings were, you know, you can't say that they were universal because they were related to a specific situation, a specific requirement, a specific time. And uh, when man, you know, as man advanced and uh, there were different things which were coming about, then a more comprehensive teaching, a more universal teaching was to be sent. And that was the teaching of the of the Holy Quran. That's why this Sharia or this law is the final Sharia. This is why we believe that no other law-bearing prophet can come after the Holy Prophet of Islam, Muhammad the Chosen One, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Now Allah the Almighty has mentioned in chapter 5 verse 30, This day have I perfected for you your religion and completed my favor on you and chosen for you Islam as a as a religion. Now this is uh, this is actually cha- uh, chapter five verse uh, verse uh, verse four. It is not uh, verse thirty. So the the thing is that this this uh, verse answers to to one important question, which is you know which is raised sometimes that as a Muslim we believe in all the holy books and it's a part of our faith that all the books are uh, uh, re- uh, they have been revealed to the prophets and they are the, the true true and divine books of the holy so why don't we recite from all those books in our mm. daily prayers instead we just uh, read the holy quran mm. and and this uh, this verse answers to that question that the religion in its complete form has been revealed in the form of the holy quran yeah and that is why, in fact, all those previously revealed divine books, which we believe to be two books from God Almighty, mm. um, has been incorporated into um, into the Holy Quran. And that is why this is the, the m- most comprehensive book or a message from God Almighty. So all the previous messages have been incorporated into it. And... Another thing which is, uh, I think, which clarifies the situation more is that um, that we are not sure about the other religions, what part of them is the original part mm. and what part has been mixed up by the people. Yeah. Because yeah. one, as, a, as uh, we mentioned earlier, that they, none of them was collected during the lifetime of their prophets. Much later on, they yeah. were collected. Se- even centuries after as well. Uh, yeah. Thanks. And secondly, um, secondly, also that, uh, uh, of course, we believe that they, the, originally, the, the original teachings were um, true from God Almighty, but people have mixed up uh, and misinterpreted and, and entered their own understanding and interpretations into those books. And that is why we cannot trust uh, that the the whole truth it is the whole truth hmm. it 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 can be part of it can be truth so uh, a good example would be that you know if you have got 
um, you know, in front of you, uh, a pure water, which is, uh, you know, distilled water, bottled water, which is, you, you know, that it's 100% sure that is, uh, is pure water. And then we have other bottles which have impurities in it. Which one would you choose? Mm. Okay, because if you choose the bottles with, with the impurities, you are not sure whether it is safe for you, yeah. whether it is going to benefit you, <laughs> Or, or whether it is going to harm you. So you, you choose the one which is the, the in the pure form and there is a guarantee on this that this is uh, f- uh, this is pure and this is... Uh, and when about the Holy Quran, there is a guarantee that it is from God Almighty, it has not been changed, it is in the original form mm. and there is no... And moreover, there is no need to use the previous books because... Um, if everything has already been incorporated or it, it is included in this one and the true the truth about them has been included in this uh, and the most comprehensive form so why not to use that one and why go to the to to the ones which are the previous editions mm. or although it is the divine and true teachings again there is one more um, aspect to it is that um, the previous book no one no one of the previous books ever claimed that they were universal teachings mm. they were they came for a certain that the even the prophets they were appointed for a certain period for a certain uh, tribe or a nation uh, in a certain area hmm. uh, whereas the universal teaching is only the uh, uh, Islam has been brought up to the whole, uh, that was revealed unto the Holy Prophet may peace and blessing of uh, Allah be upon him in the form of the Holy Quran so now that uh, you know the world has become uh, it, is, it is called a global village and you know everybody is belongs to the same village hmm. so um, why would uh, you know one like to have a teaching or mention or remember or because the purpose of remembering or reciting a portion of the Holy Quran is so that it reminds us what are the commandments in it, what are the what are the principles given in it and so it reminds us so that we can act upon that. So if our we are we are, if we are not supposed to be acting upon those commandments, why should we be reciting on the, on those ones? Uh, while we are saying our prayers, mm-hmm. so that is that is the principle behind it that we we uh, uh, recite a portion of the Holy Quran when we are saying our prayers, uh, um, uh, the formal prayers. So so this this is one one wisdom behind that. Mm-hmm. Now you know the talking about you know the verse which you just spoke uh, spoke about as well that Allah the Almighty is the one who actually sent this down in, in chapter 15 verse 10 Allah the Almighty mentions that surely it is we who have revealed uh, the exposition and surely it is we who are its guardians now so it's not only Muslims that claim that it is the word of God it is Allah the Almighty himself who has said that this is uh, this is my revealed book I am I have the one who has sent this down and I am the one who is going to take care of this. I am the one who is going to protect this. I am the guardian over this one. Now explaining this particular verse, the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, uh, the founder of the Ahmadi Muslim community has said that Allah has promised to God in his own words in four ways. Now it says that the text and its order was uh, preserved by those who have memorized the Holy Quran by heart. You know, there are so many, so many huffahs uh, who have memorized the 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 you know the whole of the Holy Quran in their in their memory, and in every century, there were hundreds hundred thousands of people 
who have memorized the Holy Quran and therefore preserved it. They have memorized the Quran precisely with every word and every syllable and letter. And those people are called Hafiz. When asked about a word, they they can they can reply with its meaning. And when they asked about a verse, they perfectly know which verse was be, you know which verse was before, and which verse comes after it. And this is one way how the text of the Holy Quran was preserved and kept safe from any changes in every age. Sometimes it happens that you know a a copy of the Holy Quran may be there. But uh, maybe you know one word is missing, or maybe there's not you know the vowels on the on a particular word. But any hafiz, anyone who has memorized the Holy Quran, he can come and he can quickly say that this is the actual word, this is how it's pronounced, this is the syllable on it, this is the vowels on it. So you know it can you know it can work in this way as well. The second thing is that the text of the Holy Quran was preserved by saints in every century, who have been given an understanding and deep insight. Of the Holy Quran, the deeper, you know, understanding, and they they interpreted the meaning of God's words through the ahadith, the sayings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Furthermore, the third thing is that the Holy Quran was preserved through scholars who interpreted and explained the Quranic teachings rationally and protected it from attacks of short-sighted philosophers. As well, you know, we see atheists, we see. Um, uh, you know, various Orientalists, various scholars um, in the East and the West, and they try to attack the teachings of the Holy Quran. But there are there are scholars at in every century who protected the teachings of Islam as well. Fourthly, finally, the Promised Messiah, upon whom be peace, has said that the Holy Quran, the Holy Quran, was preserved through those who were granted spiritual favor. And they saved Allah's words from all those who denied wonders and spiritual knowledge as well. Therefore, this um, above-mentioned verse, which I just mentioned before as well, is a living evidence of the truthfulness as well as of His preservation, which Allah, the Almighty Himself, has never promised uh, before in any such way. In any other book, as you mentioned before as well, that there's no other promise made in any other book uh, by God Almighty. So this is uh, a most uh, a most beautiful teaching, which we can actually you know um, talk about as well, and we can say for certain that this is how this is how it has been revealed. Not a single dot of it has been changed. Not a single letter. Not a single word of it has actually been say uh, been 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 changed. In fact, Orientalists they they themselves they claim, and Western scholars they themselves claim. That that same Holy Quran, which was revealed to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that is the same one which we find today in the libraries, in the bookshops, uh, in the mosques, uh, in people's homes as well. So, um, you know, there is uh, another question which arises: is that do we consider that the stories and incidents that's regarding uh, Prophet Jesus, on whom be peace, which are found in the Bible? Hmm. Um, like you know, he performed miracles, uh, healing of the sick, uh, and 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 this kind of stuff. So, are they true, hmm. as they are mentioned in in the Bible? Hmm. So the the thing is that the uh, we we do believe 
that you know whatever the bible the things were revealed in bible the stories they are cracked there from god almighty but we don't don't know what percentage of uh, uh, of it has of been added up later on yeah uh, <coughs> and but w- w- there is one basic difference we believe in whatever has been confirmed by by god almighty in the holy in the holy quran, quran. Okay, absolutely and and in the holy quran itself it has been mentioned that there are certain verses which are called mutashabihat uh, hmm. and there are certain verses which are called muhkamat yeah. so mutashabihat are the ones which are similar to the incidences which were revealed before which have been mentioned in the previous books and they have been mentioned again in in the in the holy hmm. quran they have been confirmed but the yeah. holy quran has actually uh, given us the purified mm. form validated uh, the, the validated mm. and uh, and it has uh, remained to the point mm. uh, it doesn't give you all the details which which we we get in the bible mm. but what we believe is 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 which is in accordance with the in principle which is in accordance for the teachings of the holy quran we mm. believe in in that is to be true but wh- when we we are talking about the miracles uh, the, or the healing of the sick um uh, and, and there is a there's a very interesting incident about the promised messiah the holy founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community yeah as a ghulam and qadiyan there were obviously he was a he was a great preacher and he would uh, uh, was advocate of islam and uh, and he had he he had a one of the, one of his claims was that god almighty listens to my prayers mm. and whatever you know i pray uh, god almighty has promised and he accepts my prayers yeah. and and you can come and you can compete with me in in prayers a prayer duel that yeah. uh, a prayer duel and uh, and he said that you can you can get a certain number of patients hmm. who are sick and uh, who are at the the verge of you know and ending of the ending their lives and uh, um, so you can have equal number of people you pray for some and you i pray for some and we can see how many of them they are saved yeah. so this kind of thing. so once what happened was that they, they, there were some christians who were you know uh, trying to uh, trying to be clever with him yeah. you know they collected a few people who were uh, uh, obviously they were very ill and some some were um, suffering from leprosy and some uh, these type of people who were uh, disabled people as well yeah. and they collected in, and and they came and they said that you claim to be the messiah So he said, why don't you you know uh, the messiah he used to uh, heal he, them heal the sick yeah uh, heal the sick so why don't you do do that uh, that uh, you know you can um, make them healthy yeah. and at this he answered that look i don't believe in such kind of miracles that uh, what i believe is that we pray to god almighty and god almighty listens to our prayers and and i do not believe in such miracles that he just you know blew uh, with a with a uh, you know blowing yeah. of uh, or he just uh, touched them miracle, or whatever or the, yeah. uh, touch of uh, he he used to heal i believe in uh, you know obviously he believed in uh, in the as the jamaat ahmadiyya the community believes that Uh, according to his teachings that it is the spiritual healing which mm. he did and it was the uh, the spiritually ill people who did not know about god almighty who were who had uh, disfigured beliefs mm. and uh, which were not in accordance it didn't make sense and and that's what he he healed and and from those sick people the ill people uh, he made people to fly 
Yeah. They they give them life because they yeah. were like dead people. Absolutely. So he make them spiritually alive so they they could fly and they could they could reach the heavens. Hmm. Um, so their prayers could reach the heavens and that's how. So this is the spiritual dead which he um, converted, hmm. and he said that I don't believe in such kind of miracles. But you, uh, your Bible says that even if you have a uh, you know a, an, grain, I, a grain of uh, a grain belief, of, yeah. of faith in you, yeah. if you tell the mountains they will move they from will one. Move so why don't you know the people are here why don't <laughs> you uh, convert them because it's your belief yeah so you convert them so, so this also clarifies that the we we believe in the Bible but we we don't believe in the in uh, in all these miracles in the physical sense yeah. we believe that when it comes to that he used to um, to make uh, you know people alive that is the spiritual dead who he made them alive when he mentions about the, the giving life to the birds hmm. the birds means uh, you know, that is again you know in the uh, when you are interpreting the dreams you see that the bird is like when you uh, you are uh, spiritually flying high hmm. you know there are two terms used that the one it is again in mentioned about uh, balam baur is that that god almighty wanted to raise his status to the yeah. skies yeah. but he went towards the but earth he, yeah. so it is a comparison walakin akhlada ila earth he went towards the earth mm. so it is in comparison that when you are spiritually going towards heavens because god almighty we see that he has a higher status towards mm. heavens then we talk about that that he goes to high so so they uh, so he made people fly spiritually so their thoughts could were pure and they could their prayers would reach the skies and that's why they were uh, uh, sort of uh, given an example of the birds hmm. as the spiritual birds so that kind of miracles we do believe in that and the he healed the sick and the messiah who healed the sick so current day we are not waiting for a doctor or physician to come and and heal the the disabled <laughs> or ill people we are believing for somebody who would come as mm. a messiah and heal the spiritual spiritual death. diseases the spiritual yeah. illness of a people because you see uh, people are have become so blind that they they can't see the existence of god mm. they have become so blind that they can't they they have associated partners with him some are making you know the animals to be their god some are making the sun and moon to be their god some are making a human being to be god almighty mm. so they are so sick and they needed somebody to to heal them and that is why we we were waiting for that messiah and that messiah now has come in the form in the person of the the hazrat mirza gulam ahmed qadian who claimed that because all the religions hmm. they were from god almighty and god almighty never wanted that all of them should be uh, vanished or destroyed or erased because they were true from god yeah. so he kept them alive so they are still there they do exist but god almighty has sent for all of them one person to guide them so that the followers of their religions they all come to one platform mm. and they achieve that uh, the purpose of their life and that was to have that relationship of god almighty and that is through islam and that is the um, easiest way and the purpose of life which which god almighty gave to 
all the different prophets. Mm-hmm. So that is why Hazrat Mirza Ulama Al-Qadian has also, uh, on whom BPC claimed that that I am uh, I am Adam, I am Jacob, I am uh, you know uh, Abraham, I am, uh, I am yeah. uh, and there was a prophecy about him yeah. that he would be all these. He will be representing all the prophets, mm. and uh, and if you know uh, if you think uh, pragmatically as well that you can't have uh, at this time when the the whole world has become a global village um, and there is a universal teaching which is available if for example all the religions are waiting for their reformer to come back the hindus are waiting for ram to come back and the you uh, are the krishna to come back then we have uh, buddha or they are waiting for buddha mm-hmm. uh, he, he reincarnation or he will be coming back yeah. um the christians are waiting for the messiah to come back the muslims are waiting for imam mahdi to come back so if all the all these different religions or confucius they are waiting mm-hmm. for their confucius to come back so uh, if everyone will be coming then it will be a chaos in the world yeah. so it god almighty has sent one person and he has given him all the uh, teaching and the characters which uh, were supposed to be in that person for every religion so he is for everyone because the he is the believer of the holy prophet of islam prophet mm-hmm. muhammad may peace and blessings of allah of course and the teaching which was brought in by prophet muhammad may peace and blessings of allah be upon him is the holy quran which is a universal teaching which is for everyone so that is why in current age and time there is only one teaching that is of the holy quran and that is for every religion of course uh, and and because it incorporates their own teaching within itself you know the the promised messiah upon whom be peace um he he was actually revealed this uh, saying in uh, or this title as well jariyullah fi hulalil anbiya hulalil anbiya absolutely he was the he was a champion he was a champion of allah in the mantle of all the prophets all the prophets it, it yeah. quite you know it sort of concludes what you were saying as well that he, he wasn't just uh, sort of a second coming of uh, the israelite prophets in fact uh, you know krishna he said he was the krishna for the hindus he was the he was the he was the jesus for for the christians and you know just like this as well and uh, so all the different prophets he he was that second coming as well you know one of the revelations um, about uh, you know which was uh, received by the by the holy founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Qadian on whom BPC hmm. was you know he Rudder Gopal hmm. teri mehma geeta mein likhi hai yeah what it means is that uh, that you are uh, uh, Rudder Gopal that is the, the name of Krishna hmm. and Gopal you know Gopal again is a, is a uh, uh, is a name in simile gao is cow yeah. you know cow and gao is the hmm. same thing gao is the cow <laughs> So Gopal means that Pal is to to protect. Mm. So he would he, he would protect the would protect. the not the cows physically, which which the Hinduism now has taken cow as physically. As physical. But a cow is a metaphorical term used for an innocent, um, gentle person mm. who is a gentleman and who is harmless to people and who is beneficial for others. Mm. You see that's what cow does it does not attack you it gives you milk you mm-hmm. know and, and it's quietly uh, you know it can uh, uh, eat its grass or whatever mm-hmm. is available and it serves you it serves you uh, and because yeah. <laughs> because people are under the uh, danger of being uh, being uh, uh, crushed or 
and destroyed by the by the cruel people and that's why he was also termed as that that he has got the reins of the uh, of the snakes Hmm. He controls the snakes. Hmm. So when we see, you know, nowadays even you see the the posters of the Hindus, or you see all the films or the drama yeah. that the, the, this uh, person who is um, Krishna, he he is a strong man, you know, hmm. and you see he's got multiple hands. Yeah. Yeah. Now they showed you multiple hands. Whereas we say God Almighty, He's all powerful, and and if you say that some person He has got very strong hands, hmm. well, He doesn't. Not physically, yeah, I mean, He has physically very strong hands. Yeah. What it means is that He has the power hmm. to control. Exactly. So multiple hands means that He has got all the resources. Hmm. So God Almighty has got all the resources, and that is uh, that is uh, that is why it is it is said that He has got all the power, and He has got different hands. Hmm. So what by different hands means that He has got all the different resources I mean, and he is powerful the, to control yeah. the cruel people he can control and punish them hmm. where while he will be protecting the innocent people he will be controlling the cruel people so his hand is you see on the his foot on, is on the, the foot, yeah. on a lion or some you know some cruel person hmm. and and or the or the snakes yeah uh, big snakes so that the is serpents. all metaphorical and similar the problem only arises when the metaphorical language is converted into physical thing yeah when it's taken then, literally and then yeah. then it is take, taken it has happened with the christianity and the same thing has happened with the hinduism mm. as well it's happened with you know muslims as well unfortunately yeah yeah well. so so that is what happens if you see if you see the hinduism they have converted from from the unity mm. because krishna himself ram himself and they Ram were uh, you know the holy people mm. they were they were prophets of god almighty yeah. and they be, uh, they brought the message and they were revealed gita gita is a holy book but people have because converting the uh, metaphorical language into physical language they they made it ridiculous because you know they they're taking it as such and they are worshiping the cows mm. even drinking the the you know the uh, urine of mm. um, cows some or people bathing in so it because well. it it becomes uh, obnoxious sometimes because of the misunderstanding or the, so that's why they have converted to polytheism polytheism because um, you know from from one unity of god they themselves krishna and ram they believed in one god mm. Hmm. Brahma, you know, they have said so. Brahma, and today, interestingly, somebody said that oh, Brahma, maybe it was Ibrahim, uh, who hmm. is called Brahma, because there is a Brahma Putra. Brahma Putra means son of Ibrahim, son and of that Ibrahim, might be yeah. Ismail. Yeah. You know, so so that is one of <laughs> yeah. uh, you know uh, uh, somebody mentioned that. Um, but the the thing is that from unity, people have converted into. Uh, politism and the same thing has happened now unfortunately and that that is why there was a need of the messiah and imam mahdi to come because even in the islamic teachings people turned towards associating partners with god hmm. the saints the holy people who themselves were believing they believed in the unity of god now you see uh, who could be the uh, better than and uh, the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him uh, than any human being on earth uh, he never missed his prayers hmm. and now they are there you know saints would say oh there is no need for saying prayers yeah. you yeah. know we are already for, forgiven and uh, they can guarantee you the uh, paradise and heaven and and uh, what not uh, whereas uh, so they have they have gone to polytheism the same thing they are uh, they go and uh, instead of praying for the dead ones hmm. who are in the grave 
you go and pray for them even if there's no harm doing that even the holy prophet uh, the holy uh, founder of the Muslim community has a miserable and when he visited Delhi um, um, in the early days he said that uh, uh, you know I have gone to Delhi and people have not welcomed me the, the, the alive people have not welcomed mm. so I've gone to the dead people who so went to to these uh, saints and he went the to graveyards. the grave of uh, Khawaja Nizamuddin Aulia he went to the um, uh, Bakhtaruddin Kaki's grave he, he went to all these different saints graves and he prayed on their graves mm. uh, and it was the prayers uh, for them so there is no harm, no harm doing that. But but when you go and ask them for a son or a hmm. uh, when you uh, pray to uh, them, no, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so rather than praying, so that is where the the polytheism or the or the associating partners with God hmm. comes in, and that is why it is, we have to be one has to be very very careful to understand the message which is given by God Almighty in the divine books, uh, whatever it could be the it could be the the uh, Old Testament. New Testament, it could be the uh, the, the Vedas. Um, we have to understand that we do not um, uh, convert the uh, the uh, uh, sort of metaphorical language into physical language and understand it as a such because it becomes a language of such a high status and you enjoy mm. that. You know when when he says that you know he will be Gopal. Gopal means he will be taking care of mm. the innocent, uh, gentle, gentlemanly people. And then about uh, Hazrat Ibrahim al-Islam, even in the Holy Quran. Mm. And, and I'll, I'll tell you very, very interesting, uh, you know, uh, to, to in the teaching of the Holy Quran, even the metaphors are are being used. Like the Holy Quran says, وَأَنزَلْنَا uh, hadid. Mm. That we have we have revealed, revealed the iron or sent yeah sent down we have sent down the iron anzalna anzala like the prophets are sent anzalna uh, is yeah. nazala nazala yeah. and now everybody is waiting Jesus is coming from skies yeah. he he will be you know flying and coming down whereas the holy Quran says the iron is revealed iron mm. comes down. We have sent down iron. iron. Yeah, we are not practically physically see iron coming. The iron, iron is in the in the earth. It comes out of earth. Yeah. Similarly, we also see that uh, there is a commandment which says, "Watasimu uh, habillillahi jamia." Now, yeah. habillillah is is a rope. The rope. The rope. No, where, where is that? We are not holding any rope. The rope <laughs> is just a physically. Yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. is a metaphorical language for mm. for the prophet of God or his successor after after him. Mm. So you hold on to them. So all these metaphorical well, language Allah, should be understood as such. And uh, and uh, again, um, there is story of Prophet Noah. You see that you know how how he can he, he he was trying to convey his message to people, and people were not understanding what. He, he is saying and um, in the current day and time you know the, the uh, holy founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community uh, on whom be peace he has written a book called Kashtiye Nu hmm. that is the Noah's, Noah's Ark. Ark no he has again is, is similar language that he has said that at that time there was a physical need in the hmm. tri- that to protect you from the punishment of God Almighty from the uh, from the flood but today t- for, to save you to protect your life, to give you life, hmm. you have to come into this boat, this arc. To this arc, yeah. Uh, and, and he has given this teaching that you have to be, um, uh, you have to look after your morals, you have to um, uh, obey the commandments of God Almighty. And if you read this book, he has given that 
that uh, the very basic teachings that you you should be truthful, you should not tell lies, you should uh, follow the commandments of Gormal, you should uh, say your prayers, you should believe in the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, you should read the Holy Quran, understand it and act upon it and uh, practice that. So all these teachings which are in the previous divine books, they have come and they have been, uh, you know, mentioned in the Holy Quran. And the, another story is about Adam and Eve. You know, there is, uh, people have made so many different stories. Mm. And, yeah. and and it's the interpretation which yeah. has been given, um, you know, by the Promised Messiah and Imam Mahdi, on whom be peace. He has given the story that, look, this is all metaphorical again. You say, the, the Holy Quran say, Kalima Tayyibah and Kalima Shajarat Tayyibah and Shajarat Kalima. So, Shajarat Khabisa and Shajarat... So, this Shajarat Khabisa and Shajar means tree. tree yeah. So when it says that he ate from this tree, hmm. which was a forbidden tree, that was a Shajar Khabisa. That means that was something against Sharia. Hmm. He did something which was against the law, hmm. which he was forbidden. And then he realized his mistake and he repented hmm. and God forgave me him. And then he turned towards the um, uh, and he repented. So there is all these stories. They are they, they, this is a metaphorical language which has been. And then he says that he was thrown out of his heaven. Hmm. The heaven is when you are obeying God Almighty, you are, you are obeying commandments. So he is happy with you. You are in heaven. You are in paradise. And he throws you away from it if you do disobey him. If you are now. So if you do something which is wrong, which is against the Sharia, you will be thrown out of the heaven of, of contentment with God Almighty hmm. uh, and you will be in, in trouble. In, in, uh, uh, so this metaphorical language has also to be understood. Once you understand it, then you will realize that how beautiful the teachings of God Almighty and God Actually, Almighty yeah. has, has been constantly, you know, helping us by sending the message uh, and uh, ultimately has sent this in the form of the Holy Quran. Mm. And if we read and understand it, then, then uh, you know, we, uh, we will be safe and will be uh, content and happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, in the in the, in this show we've um, we've spoken about uh, we've spoken about this at uh, some length as well. In fact, the one of the pillars of Islam that we spoke about before in the, in the beginning part of the show uh, about zakat. Hopefully, we sh- you know shed some light on that as well. And uh, at the moment, speaking about uh, past uh, past scriptures, past uh, or divine books which were revealed to other prophets speaking about their teachings as well and how this is actually one of the teachings one of the one of the articles uh, one of the six articles of faith and that is to believe in all the divine books which were revealed before the holy quran as well and we we spoke about belief in the books uh, and of course their prophets uh, or the prophets that they were actually revealed to the the books that they were revealed to uh, whichever prophet and that it was and the holy quran that it unifies all those previous scriptures and it validates, it uh, verifies all those previous things which were mentioned before and it says that these were the actual teachings which we should believe in as well. So that's uh, all we have time for uh, on today's uh, on today's show. Zakallah, thank you so much for uh, for listening and uh, of course our guest who took time out and spoke to us as well, Imam. Atarahman Khalid, all the way from Ireland, a missionary of the Ahmadi Muslim community serving in Ireland. Today's show was researched by researched and produced by Faiza Said Ahmed Zakala to her. And of course the technical uh, department Akib Ahmed in the technical studio Zakala to him. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.